Welcome to Comics in Christ. Once again, the Comics in Christ is brought to you by Anchor FM. Do you have a unique voice? Why, yes, I do. Do you have a message that you want the greater world to hear? Yes, yes, I do. Do you want to have a podcast that's carried on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher? That would be too sweet, man. Then Anchor FM is the app for you. Anchor FM, it works with every podcasting service and makes it possible to get your message out to the world. You can record, post, and send to the world all from one device. And you know the next best part? Is it free? It's free. Welcome to Comics in Christ. Your name is... Rick Davis. Your name is... Michael Davis. And it is a blessing once again to come to you and carry you the message of Christ's love and identity through imagery of music, movies, and comics here on Comics in Christ. Today we are broadcasting live in the common student area of Redlands University as a part of the 35th annual... 2019 California Pacific Annual Conference of the United Methodist Church. Have we already introduced ourselves? Because my brain is all over the place. Big Rick, you wanted to introduce today's topic. Um, we are going to be talking about the movie Dogma. Yes. I finally am slowly being able to open a, a new world of movies <clears throat> into your life. Movies into your <laughs> life. As we move into the uh, directorial masterpiece of uh, uh, writer, director, comedian, podcaster, Kevin Smith, and we talk about the movie Dogma, and you very recently had your first viewing of Dogma. Yes, I have. So share with me on a kind of a base level your your first impression. I kind of want to let you drive the bus today, because you you seem like there's a lot that you want to talk about. I thought it was very interesting that it made that it brought up a real, like some really good comments or like discussion points about just I guess religion and in general. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah, religion and stuff. <laughs> okay. So I pretty don't much know. everything. Yeah, everything. Yeah. And like in like questioning and being faithful and stuff like that. Sure. So, do you want to propose the questions? Or do you want to just have a, a generalized uh, conversation? Generalized conversation. I kind of want you to propose the questions. But I do want to, I want to talk about, before we get into your questions, I will drive the bus for a little bit. And I want to talk about the initial backlash that came along to Dogma when it was uh, originally released in, two th- in 1999. And it's a very interesting uh, conversational piece that goes along with this because when it came out it was a huge backlash within the Catholic Church and there were so many different um, responses and um, um, uh, protests that went on uh, concerning the film Dogma. One of the more uh, widely known uh, protests was documented by Channel 12 News uh, uh, in New Jersey and it was there. If you go on YouTube, it's a Smarkive, Smodkive, Smodkive, Smarkive, S M A R C H I V E, Smarkive number ten. Kevin Smith talks about the protests that happen uh, opposing uh, dogma. 
but the funny thing about this, and you've observed yeah. it, there's a very recognizable person that's at the protest that nobody else at the protest recognizes. Because, you know, if they went what? and saw the movie that they're protesting, that offended them so bad because they went and saw the movie, they would have recognized one protester that was there in the midst with them protesting the film. In the News 12 article, he is introduced as Brian Johnson. But, who was it? Writer and director and actor Kevin Smith. Writer, director, actor, comedian, podcaster Kevin Smith. Back then there wasn't podcasts at all. There was hardly even an internet back then. But there was so much going out. And the the funny thing, so he's in this interview on uh, a new, News 12 New Jersey, air date November the 12th, 1999. And somebody comes over and says, hey, you look familiar. Why are you protesting this movie? And his words, and I quote, they tell me it's a really horrific film. They tell me it's a really bad film. And the key words in that, they, they tell me. They tell me. So explain to me something, Big Rick, because this is sort of like how that we react to things. We, uh, that you do, if I said the word tribes, would that make sense to you? Yeah. We, we, we live in a culture of tribes. Uh-huh. We, we live in comf- comfort tribes. Your and my tribe is wrestling fans. That, that's a tribe. It's a community. We also exist within a tribe that is the United Methodist Church. Uh, we exist in a, a, a tribe that is a predominantly a Caucasian, uh, upper upper middle class family. We're we're very blessed because of your and my mom's career. We're I would consider us upper middle class, and so we're kind of blessed within all those things, right? Yes. So, but what when you have a tribal mentality, you you connect and find it kind of go in the path of your tribe. Even at the uh, sacrifice of actual research and and understanding, and uh, please, please, if you have never seen this, it is on YouTube. It's S M A R C H I V E, Smarchive number ten. There is some language in Kevin Smith's introduction of the uh, video piece, but they show the news article, and he says, and I quote. They tell me uh-huh. it's a terrible film. It's very much like a mob mentality, if you will. You know, like if you just kind of get sucked in, or like, okay, so they're doing this, so I'm just going to do it with them because they're people that I know and we have the same biases. Yeah. You know? Oh, we kind of, and we kind of uh, let other biases uh, usurp our own opinion. Uh huh. Which is, well, we'll talk about that in a few minutes. Uh, but let's get into some of the stuff that you have talked to me about this film. So d- pr- propose the questions that you have, and then we'll, we'll get into the discussion of it. Um, I definitely want to talk about the discussion between um, uh, Bart... What, Bartleby? Bartleby and... Um, I forgot the main character. Bethany. And Bethany. The conversation yeah. between Bethany and Bartleby, is it the one that's on the train? Yes, the okay. one that's on the train. So uh, propose, propose the question. What do you want to talk um, about? 
I don't. I was just gonna talk about it. We'll talk about it. I mean, they. I think they did bring up some good points, and like, was that the one where they're talking about like the church? It's the one where they talk about that they feel forgotten. Forgotten. Okay. It's like that she feels forgotten by the church. In this movie, Bethany, oh, she works at a Planned Parenthood uh, uh, facility. And if you if you think about the tradition of the Catholic Church, the Catholic Church is opposed to uh, plan, uh, Planned Parenthood. Anything that has to do with uh, reproductive con- uh, con- concert condoms and stuff yeah. <laughs> uh, birth control pills what's the word Con- contraception okay. and it reproductive con- contraception and it's specifically abortion uh, that's really opposed by the catholic church so it, it it's a, that's a really fir- good first thing that kevin smith yeah. does with the movie she he puts in the internal conflict in the title character the main character that she is a faithful Catholic that sits in church for an hour every week and her career where she makes money is something that directly contradicts her faith practice. Yeah. Yeah. And like that's still like you can like replace the birth control stuff with any topic. Yeah. Very much related to nowadays. Uh, absolutely. Why don't you propose an example of that? Uh, LGBTQIA. L- LGBTQIA plus uh, 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 individuals. And there's some people, Big Rick, that would disagree with you. Uh-huh. Uh, there's some people, uh, specifically in the movement that I feel that you and I are a part of, uh, that feel that LGBTQIA plus individuals are not contradictory to what we believe in. Yes. Uh, because you, you yourself would propose that homosexuality is not a... I don't want to say it's a sin. It, it, well, seems... you would propose that it is not a sin. Okay. That's what you would say. Am I correct? Yes. And and that's fair enough. So, but there are people who but do there are people that, that do. And that's why I said And there's a lot of people that use some very strong biblical examples to prove that. But, but the reality within it all is you begin to balance this out. Uh-huh. And this is how I feel about the Bible. I, I will share this. Uh, there are Bible literalists who believe that everything that happens in the Bible happened. Yes. Including, they begin the, to prescribe the Bible literality to Jesus' parables. Jesus literally is telling a story. Uh-huh. A parable is a story mm-hmm. that's used to teach a lesson. Yeah. So you cannot put a literal stance on a parable because a parable is not an actual event. It's a story. Uh-huh. All right, does that make sense? Yes, it does. Yes, and there's so many... Uh, uh, so many times that a literal stance is put against a parable or an explanation that should not be applied to it. So then there's the other end. So uh, what I would what I consider myself a biblical literalist, and my answer is yes, I would consider myself a biblical literalist. But listen to my explanation, because you you already look confused. I believe that the Bible is a holy inspired book that is holy inspired for the culture and individuals that it was written for in the time period it was written in. Yeah, that's what I think. Does that make sense? 
So does that mean that the Bible is no longer a good teaching tool for me in 2019 because I didn't live in uh, 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 A.D. 37? No. No, it, it doesn't mean that. There's still stuff that applies to me. The Bible is still a functioning tool. The, the Bible is still a functioning guide to use in my life. But then, but the other part of it, too, you have to understand why certain things were written. Uh, so much that of the stance that is anti-LGTBQIA plus um, um, individuals exists within the context of the Old Testament. It exists in Paul's language in a time period where we still weren't comfortable in the places where we are were we were still migrant cultures and sexual activity needed to be about reproduction or civilization would have died it's not that way anymore if anything at this time period we need to have more of a proactive stance about contraception we need to have a more proactive stance about limiting reproduction because we're 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 out using the earthly resources we are killing ourselves out through repro- reproduction. So, anyway, so to your point, Bethany and Bartleby are sitting on this train, and they're both talking about feeling uh, forgotten and unheard by God. Uh, she, because of her career and her place, the fact that she is unable now to reproduce because at one point in her life she had an abortion, and she's kind of angry at God because she was in a really bad place and had to make a hard decision. And now she'll never be able to experience the good side of that place. And Bartleby, Bartleby's character is an angel that's expelled from heaven that can no longer hear God's voice. And you kind of see in Bartleby's character the whole time someone that's longing to be back in the presence of God. Yes. So what is it about that scene that, that, that catches your attention? I don't know. It's just, it seems like it's like very topical and like hasn't changed, you know, because people are still excluded from churches, exclude people because mm-hmm. they don't fit in, I'm using quotes, the mold. Yeah. But they still have faith in God, but they can't express it because they don't fit, in quotes, the mold. And if you don't fit into the self-prescribed mold, then you don't feel heard. It's very much that conversation on the train. It's very much that conversation on the train. So then the challenge becomes, we need to be the prophets, (laughs) like Jay and Silent Bob and become the guides to help people get to the places where they can be heard. So what's another scene that um, kind of catches you? The Rufus and um, Bethany again. Use this the, whole title, please. The, the, the 13th Disciple. Ruf, Rufus, the, the 13th, 13th Apostle. Apostle. Sorry. Yes. Yes. And Bethany, so their ex- conversation around the campfire. Explain it. I very much, like taking AP Euro this year, everything he said, I've thought this year, that it's really like churches really have placed a barrier. I'm not really a barrier, but like they've put up some I don't know how to describe it. Like boundaries? Yeah. That we've built walls Walls. with our rules. Yes. Yeah. 
And they're they're saying stuff in the name of God, but they're doing stuff that God doesn't want them to do. Explain like it through the AP cru- Euro. Like the Crusades and stuff? Yeah. They were churches using it to gain something, but they're killing people. Mm-hmm. And that's like, they're it, fighting each other, and it's not... If you look at the majority of conflicts within world history, uh-huh. uh, a majority of wars, a majority of uh, combative conflicts, uh-huh. there's a common element. Mm-hmm. Our, my God is bigger than your God. Yeah, every war up to, I believe, it was the Seven Years' War, uh-huh. was all based around religion. Yes. And, you get, and then you get in other things, like I would say the Civil War... That is would not be a god base, but it's a uh-huh. but it is a it's almost a theological based conflict. When that you you place your own polity on top of something and say this is what's right, this is what we're going to do, and then you're fighting against it. I mean, and when you kind of even get into the world wars, it's which culture which which culture or society has more power. I mean, all of these things, either my god has more power than your god. Or me as a living being has more power than what you have. And then you get to the real heart of that conversation with Bethany and, and Rufus. And this is sort of my favorite part. When they, they talk about what belief really is. And which is better. Is it better to have a belief or an idea? And Rufus proposes it's better to have an idea than a belief. Because as soon as you lay down a belief you lay down an immovable structure you know right now that's sort of part of the conversations that we're talking about Uh as a denomination it's it's us dealing with the immovable structure that that we are contending with we've built a we've built a structure within our book of discipline that says xyz well, XYZ is getting in the way of, of winning souls in the name of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So, An idea has chance to be formed and changed. And, and percolate and evolve with the individual. So there's a phrase that I grew up, Ricky, in, in church. And it was, I, I serve a God that, same, that is the same today, yesterday, and tomorrow. And I, I still believe that. I still believe that God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. The hard part is, I believe that we live in a world that's constantly evolving. Yeah. So we, we kind of serve this consistent God, but we have to deal with the inconsistencies of living. And the more that we deal with the inconsistencies of living through the, this proposal that Rufus shares with Bethany... It's the reality of it all is if we can continue to evolve and take our consistent God to inconsistent places, we can bring hope to other people. So what's yeah. in that? What's in another um, scene? We got enough time for one more. Definitely one more. Back to um, what's that? Uh, Loki and Bartleby. Uh huh. Right when they're in the um. When they're debating whether or not... When Loki's like, okay, I've had enough. I want to go back to Wisconsin. With Bartleby blaming everyone else because of something that he... That he started. Yeah. Yeah. Blaming It's the argument in the parking parking lot, right? Yeah, argument in the parking lot. Yeah. 
keep explaining it. You're doing no, good. No, I haven't watched the movie in a while, so I'm just like trying to pull it from memory. You know, the whole thing with that deal too. If you look at the characters of Bar- Bartleby and Loki, it, it was Loki that started it. it you yeah. know, if we're gonna be forgiven and get there anyway by walking through this, let's cause some havoc on the way out. It was actually Loki that started the movement. But it was Bartleby being caught up in what Loki started that made it get out of control. Even to the extent that Loki wanted to back out and just stop doing it. Yeah. And his whole thing, it, there, there is a, a lot in that that you just brought out that's a lot of a lack of personal accountability. Uh-huh. That is really important. Because if you look at where we're stuck at right now... There is a lot of personal accountability within within us as faith leaders that says, I made this rule in 1973 that's caused a lot of harm. That excludes people that really do have a place in the greater kingdom. That has that limits people from having a place of full involvement, full leadership, full full participation in the greater kingdom. And if I serve a consistent God that that brings redemption and possibilities to all people, then I am contradicting that consistent God by putting a boundary around who can serve and act. I'm responsible for that. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then it goes back to the mob mentality thing from before getting caught up in the situation. Yes. Yes. And it, and it's a definite mob mentality. And one that we de- one that we definitely feed ourselves too I, I even look at today today we participated in some talks and the the one thing that frustrated me as we participated in those talks was the way it was dev- de- designed by this leadership structure it was designed with the purpose for me to talk to people that already agree with what I feel mm-hmm. and what I felt would have been and that's the whole mob mentality yeah. right it's only feeding what already exists the uh, Loki starting the the plagues again and, and cleansing the earth going to the movies factory to the, the movies studio corporate yeah. office to cleanse the centers that it it started a mob mentality within Bartleby, and Bartleby was so locked into something that he didn't stop that he he pushed it further than it needed to be. That that's all I feel when we talk to people that know and feel and understand the same ways that we do. If you talk to someone that's only going to say back to you what you know, you get to go back. There's a lot of people that feel this way. A lot of people, maybe two people that had a conversation, but you, when you only hear what you feel, you're not challenged to feel or do anything different. And it's the mob mentality. So where, what do you take from this? Very much not to be closed-minded, to be open to other people, not yeah. to exclude, but keep people bring people in forgive yeah so and then and for me where where did i get to it it's the last conversation between rufus and and bethany and he comes up to her and says crisis of faith resolved she said yeah and then he so you believe he said no but i have a good idea 
and then they fist bump and high five my man Chris Rock <laughs> and and that's where it leaves so I, I kind of want everybody that's listening to this today to, to have a good idea and that's Comics in Chrysler this week your name is Rick Davis your name is Michael Davis have a week <laughs>